whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone. It is just Kit today. I am so excited to have Gabby from Ject here on the podcast today. So hi, Gabby, and thanks so much for being on. Um, Maybe we could just jump right in and you could tell us about you and about Ject. Sure. Thank you, Kit. I'm so excited to be here today and all my love to Cynthia while she's surfing away at the beach right now. Um, So um, Ject is a medical aesthetics business with a modern focus on cosmetic injectables, um, which you've probably heard before, but Botox and fillers and medical grade skincare like microneedling and chemical peels. And we have locations in the West Village. And so we see a pretty large demographic of clients. So, for example, last week I was, I'm out in Bridgehampton right now, but I was in the city last week. And we had in the West Village, we had, you know, 24-year-old model come in before a photo shoot. And then on the Upper East Side, we also had a client come in to celebrate her 80th birthday. So we see a pretty diverse group. We have eight licensed medical providers with extensive training in medical aesthetics. So, you know, this is all that we do all day long. And it's like anything else. The more you do it, the more of an expert you become at it. I love that. Well, before Jacked, I had never heard of a company that did medical grade aesthetics and injections outside of a doctor's office. So how did that come about? So, you know, I really think that the whole rise of the dry bar type industry and the single focus industry, and you can kind of think about this from all different type of beauty brands, but, you know, European Wax Center, Dry Bar, there's so many different places now that are very specialized for all these different type of beauty procedures. And so it's partially even just generational with the millennial generation, because we are very specific to what we want and and what we need. And so going somewhere that's much more convenient and you can book an appointment online and you don't have to pick up the call, the phone and call and make an appointment, things like that, uh, I think are all reasons why the trends are kind of moving in that direction. And on top of that, you know, you have influencers like Kim Kardashian and a lot of these now, you know, influencers that are on Instagram that are celebrity influencers that are injectors now out in LA and things like that. So I think kind of a combination of all of those things have really propelled and skyrocketed the industry. And, and not only that, but some of the taboos are becoming more normalized. So more people are in need of these procedures. And so that's another reason why it's just continuing Mm, to rapidly grow. Well, I would love to dive into your story a little bit more. How did you learn about injectables? Were you practicing this in a doctor's office before you started Ject? Yeah, so 
from a young age, I loved making people feel confident about themselves. And even when I was young, I would make at-home skincare masks for my siblings. And in college, I was like the go-to girl for beauty advice in the sorority house of 70 other women. And, and when I was in college, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was studying to go into the medical field and her plastic surgeon invited me to come in for the day. And, and I ended up working with her for a much longer time, but I just became immediately so intrigued by the plastic surgery world and, and, and medical aesthetics and the satisfaction of making someone feel good and more confident. And even the artistic detail that's involved with the aesthetics industry, I just absolutely loved. Um, so when I came to New York, for grad school, I had the intent of working at a top medical aesthetics practice. And um, after I moved to New York City, I spent the next several years working with some of the top plastic surgeons. And that's where I really gained extensive experience in injectables and skincare. And after a decade of working in Manhattan, you know, I started to see a few things as far as the top echelon of the society, especially in Manhattan, are some of the people that are receiving these services. And it really seemed like there was a huge gap in the market. And also, you know, it seemed more like medical aesthetics were more for the older generations and the celebrities and, you know, before the Oscars and things like that. And so, they just seem very expensive and more taboo. And so, you know, on the other hand, I was treating these patients every single day and seeing how happy they were with their children. Then someone that walks in and let's say they're 65 years old and never had Botox before. And so as I was entering my 30s, so were my peers. And it seemed like it was all of a sudden everyone was when should I get Botox? Does it hurt? You know, all of those questions and, and no, it doesn't hurt. Um, and so I realized that not only was the price of the injectables an issue, but also that especially my peers knew very little about these procedures. So I left the Upper East Side and that's when I found Inject in the West Village in early 2018. And so when I mean, you can imagine, I went from a white glove doorman building on Fifth Avenue with classical music playing to, you know, much smaller space in the West Village that I, you know, personally think was much more inviting. So a place where, you know, you'd want to bring a family member or a friend and go check out over the weekend or something like that. So it was really my mission to make these services more accessible and also to educate our generation. And, and to really kind of think about it is more of like, this is part of our self-care and this is how we think about aging in a, in a more like thoughtful, responsible approach with doing like more maintenance over time. And, and this is just a personal perspective of mine, but you know, when I feel my best, or when I look my best, I feel my best, you know, and it kind of relates to all aspects of life. And there's been a lot of research behind this too. You know, when 
you feel, whether it's working out or eating healthy and sleeping well and you know, doing a skincare routine at home, all of those things really, even if it's in, for me, it's just for myself, you know, just even getting ready for a Zoom call at home or something. Um, it really does kind of help you be your best self. And so it's kind of thinking about it through a different approach of, you know, this, this industry now, it's not like we're trying to make someone look different than they are. I know, you know, in California, some of these procedures have been very much stigmatized, but here in New York, I think we've done a pretty good job actually having, you know, patients come in and showing them that these trends have changed and it's more of like a natural approach and it's more of, you know, how do we have smooth, natural, healthy looking skin and like feel really good about our skin and boosting, I would say like boosting collagen, but Um, also boosting self-confidence. You mentioned that like somebody who comes in at age 65 wanting to get Botox is not the best. Um, Can you talk about like why that might not be waiting that long to start um, might not be the best? And when should we really begin thinking about injectables? So let me answer that question by first talking about the aging process a little bit. And, you know, this is something that is inevitable, but there are things out there and things that we can be doing to maintain our youthful selves and, and feeling youthful from the inside out. And as the common phrase goes, age is just a number. So as we mature our faces, we lose volume through fat pad depletion. We lose definition from bone loss, like in the cheeks and in the jawline. And then the lines, like the smile lines and underneath the eyes, those start to further and deepen through the ligaments weakening in the face. And I know it sounds like a lot (laughs) happening, but also the skin becomes thinner and drier looking from a loss of collagen and elastin. So these patterns vary depending on genetics, environmental factors such as, you know, sun exposure, UV exposure, internal stressors that we put on the body. So what age should someone start injectables? That's really a question I get a lot. And my answer is always try not to look at the age, but look at the anatomy. So when a patient comes in for a consultation, we're really looking at that individual person. And some of the things I'm looking at is, is the person really overly expressive? Do they have deep lines at rest already? Um, and, And how strong are their muscles? And so there could be someone that's 25 that has much stronger muscles and much deeper lines that may want to start thinking about preventative Botox versus someone that's, you know, 35 or even older. And that could partially just be to genetics, but, you know, Botox is a, it's a neuromodulator and it blocks a signal for the muscles to contract. So once we inject the Botox, several days after the treatment, the injected muscles relax. So the, basically wrinkles are formed due to that repetitive motion of movement. And it's like, I say this at the gym, the more you're using your biceps, the stronger that they get. So it's the same thing with your frontalis muscle or your forehead. So what we- 
think of it as a marathon. It's little tiny treatments and maintenance over time will result in a much more natural result than someone that comes in and they're, let's say, 65 years old and they've never had anything done. Then I might have to tell that person, you know, those lines are already deep at rest. You may need to come back for several treatments before they totally go away. Or maybe we need to think about microneedling to help smoothen out the skin a little bit after the Botox. So there's other procedures we may have to consider for that older person than someone that's younger where we could just do a smaller dose and kind of, you know, prevent it as we age. Mm. So for, I mean, I guess a lot of, a lot of people my age are wondering, like, let's say, for example, I have, um, under eye bags and I've gotten filler under my eyes before, but it's quickly metabolized out in like a few months. So I guess people are wondering, like, if I start doing injectables as a younger person, is there a point where it stops working anymore? Like, is there an issue in starting too young because maybe after doing it for so long, it's not as effective? I think that's just a common misconception. There have been very, very small amount of patients that have shown like an immunity to Botox and it doesn't work after, you know, years and years of, of doing it. But as far as fillers, fillers are hyaluronic acid, which is found naturally in your body. So what we do is, you know, the companies create these products where we can replace some of that volume loss as we age. And so what's happening is we're just losing some of the soft tissue, that volume, whether it's in the cheeks or under their eyes and things like that. So when we're younger, we can place very small amount to help, you know, lift areas and recontour the face or even create more harmony if people have some asymmetry um, versus, you know, if someone waits until they're in their 60s or 70s, then we're talking about needing a lot more product for much more lifting in the cheeks and things like that. And this is what happens usually patients come in asking about either the under eyes or the smile lines and what's happening is you're losing volume in the cheek area so it's creating kind of like imagine gravity pulling down so it's creating some tension under the eyes and even the smile lines so we can use a filler to kind of lift that back up we we call it g prime so that's another thing that's really changed over the years is it's not that we have one filler for all areas of the face. It's really customized and specialized to each area. So something that we would use on the cheek would be have much more of a lifting effect to it and look much more natural in the cheek than something we would use under the eyes or the lips. We'd use something that's much softer and smoother. It wouldn't create any bumps or things like that. I have just a kind of funny question. So when you, (laughs) you've been working, you've been working in this field for years now, are there trends that you think have come and gone that, you know, or things that are kind of on the rise now that more people are getting more interested in? Um, Whereas before maybe like big lips weren't 
such a mm-hmm. trend and now they are. Are there things like that that kind of come and go? Definitely. I think that years ago, everyone was so focused on the lip. I don't know if this is because of the Kardashians or some of those celebrities, but now instead of focusing on the lips, we're really looking at the face as a whole and we're looking at the dimensions of the face and contouring different areas. It's really interesting that we can almost think about it as if you were applying makeup. Like if someone has really defined, nice cheekbones, I always use Angelina Jolie as an example. She has really nice cheekbones and a nice jawline. So she can hold a nice full lip versus someone if they have a smaller face you would never want to inject a lot of filler into their lips because it would just it wouldn't look natural so really looking at the face as a whole almost Mm -hmm. as a piece of art you know what dimensions look nice for the face and and how can we highlight different areas of the face to make things look more harmonized and proportioned and and people also look much more rested as well um and I also think medical grade skincare and we say science-based skincare is another thing that is sort of turning the trend in the next few years. And I know for years people would just buy products online and, you know, whatever they could find they would buy where now we have active ingredients or medical grade products that you can use that are maybe for different conditions like rosacea or hyperpigmentation and really finding a great skincare routine for you to help those needs and and what your concerns Mm -hmm. are. And, and that may mean, you know, seeing a a medical provider to help you with that, but there are definitely so many great options like science based that they've done clinical trials on a lot of these products. So it's really great to know that these are great products that you can use that are safe. Yeah. I think that um, kind of brings me to the question of what we should be doing at home between injectable appointments. So I know we've touched on Botox, we've touched on fillers a little bit. um, And I sort of talk about all of these things when a patient comes in for a consultation, because we're sort of addressing all different layers of the skin and and also thinking about the collagen production. So when I talk about collagen, you can imagine a mattress and the mattress springs. And as we age, those springs start to weaken. So there are a lot of treatments that we can do to help strengthen that. And something like radiofrequency or microneedling or chemical peels And those are really great ways to help improve that collagen production. And not only are you really happy with your injectable treatments, but now we're thinking about the skin. And I think, you know, for generations, this has been a thing, but beautiful, smooth, flawless skin is one of the most highly desired elements of beauty. You know, it's, it's something we don't talk about a lot, but when it's one of the first things you see with someone. And so we can do all of these amazing things with Botox and dermal fillers and proportions and soften the muscles and wrinkles and things like that. But also thinking about the skin and, and as we age, that cell turnover decreases. So the skin starts to look more dull and dry 
And so what we can do is by doing a chemical peel or some of these treatments, kind of turn over those dead skin cells, rejuvenate new collagen. And what I find more often than not is patients end up doing both. So they'll come in, maybe it's even baby Botox or a smaller dose of Botox, and then they're doing something like Aqua Gold, which is our Botox facial that we've got gotten very popular for at Jekt, um, to infuse Botox and vitamins into the skin or radiofrequency to induce collagen. So kind of thinking about all the different layers of the skin and how we can have you seen that and restore um, skin all of treatments have gained more popularity, maybe sometimes actually in like as a replacement for Botox for people who might think or want those natural wrinkles, but want to take care of their skin and prevent them as much as possible, but might not want to do injectables? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think ultimately they are just addressing different concerns. And so you know, microneedling, for example, we are inducing microtrauma into the skin to induce new collagen, and it will soften some of those lines and wrinkles. But at the end of the day, when you have, you know, excessive muscle movement, it really needs to be addressed with Botox. But mentally, if someone isn't quite there yet to get Botox, trying microneedling Mm -hmm. or chemical peel or maybe something else, that makes them feel more comfortable is definitely a, a great choice. Um, you mentioned the triangle of youth. I would love to hear more about that. So this is something I know with you and Cynthia and talking, I see a lot of mother daughters in the office and, and it's something really interesting to think about. And you can even think about your family and, and how, people have aged in your family, but more often than not, this trend is, it's, it's very common. So when we're born and as a young youthful face, you have that upside down triangle where the base is going towards the bottom. So you have really high cheekbones and, you know, more definition in the jawline. And as we age, that triangle flips. And so the base is at the bottom where we may see jowling uh, along the jawline, and then the point is at the top. So we start losing, I call it deflation and descent. So we start losing some of that volume in the face and things start coming down due to gravity. So that's when we start talking about radiofrequency and dermal fillers is to help those areas of the face to kind of lift them. And and these are all non-surgical safe ways that we can reduce the signs of aging without having to think about, you know, surgery and things like that in the future. So I guess for younger people who are around my age, who might not be thinking about the aging process just yet, um, a lot of people were asking about hormonal acne and acne prevention. Um, I think that's kind of like the issue of um, my age group, whereas maybe my mom's age group is more focused on the aging process. Um, So if you have any tips on acne and dealing with that, let us know. So as I mentioned, the cell turnover decreases as we age. 
So I think there are a few things going on where it's, you can imagine it's almost like dead skin cells sitting on the surface of the skin and that can be causing some of those breakouts. But really the best way to tell if it's hormonal acne is being able to tell if it's fluctuating with your menstrual cycle. So doing a journal, almost as if you would do a food journal to track, you know, are your breakouts around the same time that you're menstruating and it's, you know, just sort of being mindful of your body and, and other things. Are there triggers, maybe foods that you've eaten or things like that that could be causing those breakouts? And there are a few products that are kind of gold standards in that we think about, like benzoyl peroxide, which helps destroy the bacteria that causes breakouts. And then the chemical exfoliants that I discussed, like AHAs and BHAs would be glycolic acid, salicylic acid, things like that. And then retinol is another really great way. It's a derivative of vitamin A, and that helps increase cell turnover as well. So, you know, I think whether you're 20 or later in late later in life, everyone should have a, a skincare routine and it should be part of, you know, going to bed before night and when you get up in the morning and someone that's 20, they could necessarily be on the same products as someone that's 50 or 60, but um, it really is more individualized to what what that person's needs are and how bad is their acne and how strong of the products do they need to be on and all of those things. And sometimes being on several products different days of the weeks, like a benzoyl peroxide two or three times a week and then alternating it with a glycolic acid to help take off some of those dead skin cells off the surface. And, and trying different things in the office, like a light chemical peel or IPL, light-based therapy is really great for breakouts. Mm. Um, and all and of those then things I guess on the other end of the spectrum, um, for those of us who have really dry skin, like I know I came in to Jacked and we did, um, I believe it was the infusion facial. Um, mm-hmm. So what are what are things that we should be looking for if we have dry skin even in mm-hmm. our youth so hyaluronic acid is it's also what's found in dermal fillers but that's what's found in our cells that help with hydration and as we age we lose some of that hyaluronic acid so implementing a great hyaluronic acid in your regimen at home is great for that to help with hydration and then sometimes people mistake what we call congested skin or just that those dead skin cells on the surface of the skin making it look dry. And sometimes they need just a light chemical peel, which is really great for that, or using those exfoliants at home. I mean, this is like su- – it has become such a thing now, but I am super interested on your thoughts on – at home, like massagers, face jade rollers, gua sha's, um, <laughs> ice rollers, all of those things have become so trendy. And I'm just wondering, like, are there certain ones that we should actually invest in? Are they worth it? What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? So I'm not a huge fan of these at home treatments because a lot of them haven't been FDA cleared. 
But I think at the end of the day, if you're doing it as part of your skincare routine and you find it to be very relaxing and it's part of your self-care, I say go for it if it makes you feel better. Um, but if it's anything that's stronger or penetrating the skin, it sort of worries me and you may want to seek a healthcare provider's advice on that. I know some of those mm-hmm. at-home dermal rollers and things like that. Um and, and also medical grade products, they can be very strong as well. So if it's something that has active ingredients in it, you may have some side effects and things like that. So as far as the some of the massages and things like that, I'm, I think the whole theory behind it is to kind of help drain any excess fluids from the lymph nodes and reduce inflammation and things like that. Um, which I think is great. And and that's part of what we do even with daily exercise. Um, but I don't think it necessarily replaces a Botox treatment or something that you may need to get at, you know, dermatologist's office or something like Jack or a medical provider. Mm. And also my thing with it is that you're told that you're not supposed to be like stretching your skin. And I feel like a lot of those products are like pulling at your skin, literally. Um, I don't know. I don't think that, you know, I don't know if that's the best. What should we be doing between treatments or um, injectable or filler appointments? Um, What are your thoughts on supplements, vitamins? Like how do we take care of our skin from the inside out? So our skin is the largest organ of the body. And I really do believe what we put in our body and our diet and supplement wise does largely affect our skin. And so there are some foods that can increase inflammation and exacerbate acne or rosacea Um, For example, sometimes even caffeine or excess dairy or foods with high glycemic index. And, you know, as I mentioned, maybe a food diary or things, tracking things that you may think might be affecting your skin is always great. Um, And I think staying very well hydrated, taking vitamin supplements are great. But I just personally think a lot of these things that you get from just having a really healthy diet and, you know, vitamin C and vitamin A and a high protein diet and all of those things. And those are all things that I even recommend putting on your skin, like a vitamin C serum, which has an antioxidant um, that, you know, helps with UV and all of those things. So I think like you said, from the inside out, they're all things that it first starts with what we're putting in our body. And then, you know, through the outside of even drinking a lot of water and staying hydrated and sleeping well, and then what skincare products mm-hmm. are putting on our skin. And as a whole, those I are guess all the things. I'm that wondering also really like it. for somebody who's going to get Botox for the first time, say, what are things that they Number one, what are the credentials that they should be looking for from whoever they're going to? And number two, are there things, are there specific things that they can ask for to ensure that maybe they don't go too hard? So I think this really comes down to the injector that you're seeing. And I know you briefly touched on this with your first question about 
there seems to be so many new injectable places around and things like this. And this is a very serious and important topic that we should definitely address today. And it's a safety protocols of whatever practice you're going to and who you're seeing. And I think most importantly, are they a licensed medical provider in that state? Have they had medical training? And on top of that, what type of medical aesthetics training have they had? So, you know, for myself, I've been in the industry for a decade now, and I've seen the trends change over time. And for all the other medical providers at JECT, we have a very extensive training period where we talk about anatomy and all the different treatments that are out there and our safety protocols and making sure that someone is on site if an issue was to occur at the practice that someone would be able to handle it. So, you know, do they have an emergency kit? Do they have someone available 24 seven if something was, and it's okay to ask, you know, if, if I have this treatment today, what Mm -hmm. could potentially happen? And there are always risks in everything we do in life, but I always talk about them with our clients and I spend a lot of time educating them to say, you know, these are some of the risks involved. They are very rare. And if it was to occur, this is what, um, can I ask what the most frequently asked question is? Um, well, for first timers, I think, I don't know why this is such a misconception, but people think that Botox is going to really hurt and it does not hurt at all. It's like little teeny tiny pinches or, you know, some of the things, will I look frozen? Will it hurt? Those are all very common questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I always tell people like after your injections, the first thing you'll say is, is, is that it? Cause it's really not painful. I love that. Am I frozen? Am I going to be frozen? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, Just to close off, I would love for you to tell our listeners what Jacked is doing this summer um, with everything going on in the world and where they can find you and follow you and hopefully get some treatments done. So I am now in Bridgehampton full time, but we will be open in all three locations, West Village, Upper East Side, and Bridgehampton this summer. Uh, We also opened for antibody testing right when, you know, COVID had first started happening and things were shutting down and things like that. So when we opened, we were only doing COVID antibody testing and we've decided to keep that on. So a lot of patients are coming in for Botox or skin treatment and they are requesting the COVID antibody test as well. So that one is just testing. If you've had COVID in the past, we're not seeing any sick patients. It's not like an active COVID test. Um, So we will be doing COVID antibody testing. We have a lot of events coming up and fun things out in the Hamptons. So you guys can follow us at JectNYC on Instagram and then on our website as well. Awesome. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. 
then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.